0: Now, in today's digitally driven world, disaster is only a click away. This is written on the front flap of my next guest's new book, Shame Nation. On this podcast, we've talked about the good and the bad of the digital world. It can be a place of immense resource and positive education. We had a great discussion about learning and leading in the digital world with Eric Sheninger recently. And it can also be the home of aggression and misuse and the ugliness of humanity. We talked about bullying with Carrie Goldman and dignity and social aggression with Rosalind Wiseman. We have a few coming up like Katie Hurley talking about No More Mean Girls and a few others. So as parents, we know about the need for parental controls and the need for safety discussions regarding predators and who's friending somebody on social media. But my next guest brings a light, to light a whole other segment of discussion that happens every day on the internet and can be like a runaway train if you don't catch it before it gets out of control, and that is online shaming. Sue Shep is a nationally recognized author, parent advocate, and family internet safety advocate. She founded Parents Universal Resources Experts, Inc. She is a contributor for Psychology Today, Huffington Post, Family Online Safety, and many others. She's been featured on 2020, CNN, Fox News, Anderson Cooper, Nightly News with Katie Couric, the Rachel Ray Show, Dr. Phil, and many more. She is out there doing what she does best. Now, Sue Chef has been in the in USA Today, in LA Times, New York Times, and the Wall Street Journal, just to name a few. But you can catch more about Sue Chef and her new book, Shame Nation, at www.shamenationbook.com, and I encourage you to do so. So much to learn from Sue Chef, and I'm so glad that she is on the show today. Welcome, Sue, to our show, How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Thank you so much, Robin. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I'm thrilled to have you. I know that we have a little interruption over there every once in a while because you have people working on the house because of Irma. We're so glad that you're able to be with us despite the fact that we are repairing your house after getting so much torn down. So thank you and thank thank everybody for making it so you have some internet access to even be with us today.
1: Right. Well, Irma visited us.
0: She wasn't welcome, but she came anyway. So what are you going to do? I know. Well, I'm glad that you're getting repaired after that. That was a really tough one. Um, We have such a cool topic today and one that while we have skirted around in other podcast episodes, this is really getting into... Your book, Nature, the Shame Nation, I'd love for you to just tell us before we get into the meat of the matter what gets you up in the morning and what made you so interested in this particular topic of online shaming?
1: Well, what people have to understand is the power of a keystroke can literally take a person down. Not only financially if they own a business or a career, but it's emotionally. And what happened to me back in 2003 is that I was nearly destroyed financially, emotionally, and as an adult at 40-something years old, if if it did this to me, I can imagine what it does to these young people today. And I look at people such as the Amanda Todd's out there, the Audrey Potts, the Tyler Clemente's, the Rebecca Sedwicks, and again, this happened to me at 40 something years old, where adults took slime online and were bullying me, were shaming me. I felt I was at the darkest point of my life. So if that happened to me at 40 something years old, I fully understand being humiliated and shamed to death. So every single day, I realize that I need to do something. We need to advocate. We need to help these kids. Now, this was over a decade ago that it happened to me. So again, I was able to stand up and forge forward, knowing as an adult, with the maturity of being 40-something years old, that it does get better. These young kids, they don't have the maturity to know that. And that's why we see a lot of them, we read these horrible headlines of the the teen suicides, they're taking Mm -hmm. their own lives, they're jumping off bridges. It's so tragic. It's so sad. We need to give them this lifeline that it does get better because bullying today is magnified by a million because because of technology.
0: There goes uh, there goes Irma right now, and your yeah. repair people
1: a little bit, and hope it'll slide back to the other side of the house in a moment. Yes, <laughs> let's allow them to do that. Sorry about that, everybody. <laughs> but we have to remember we're blessed because. Some people, like in Puerto Rico, were really damaged. Mm-hmm. So mine's just some root, new roof up there. And they should be taking a lunch break soon.
0: Yes, yes. I get it. Well, we appreciate it. And, you know, this topic is, is, is a really tough one. And, and we know that we live in a different world than we grew up in. It's a push-button culture, new gadgets, smartphones in everybody's hands. But perhaps you can shed some light on on this pressing question. I mean, what happened? Why is shaming so prevalent today and how can this really impact a child's future?
1: Well, what we have today is we have 92% of Americans armed with smartphones.
0: Listen to that word,
1: armed with smartphones. Po- as, yeah. as if it's a weapon. No one today is afforded the luxury of having an oops moment without risking it going viral. And once it goes viral, you become internet infamous and that now scars you with with embarrassment and becoming again humiliated you're a click away from digital disgrace and what happens now in today's online world that old cliche of you don't get a second chance to make a first impression your first impression today no doubt is going to be your online presence you're looking at career builders that says 70 percent of businesses today will look at your online profile before they even invite you in for an interview. 54% of them have discounted you before they even call you up. Oh, right. When it comes to colleges, 42% of them toss you off the desk before they even consider you to for an interview. Now, let me just share something with you. Just because you have a job, it doesn't mean you're safe either because 54% of companies out there have now employed... Um, a third party to monitor your behavior. It's not just your content, it's how you behave online. And they will reprimand and fire you if you breach their guidelines of social media behavior. Today, your offline behavior is just as important as your online Mm -hmm. behavior. And it's the same thing with colleges. Everybody out there listening, whether you're an educator or a coach or a student, many, many colleges today have now hired third parties to do background searches on social media of athletes or even um, for academic reasons of students that they want to give pretty hefty scholarship money to, mm. to to look into their social media background. Because, again, as far as businesses and colleges, your online presence is going to be a reflection of their brand and their company. That's the importance of not getting shamed online or being shamed and being able to clean it up and keeping a good online reputation.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, this, this is a very scary thing. And I'm curious about how, if we know that this can happen, how can we prevent online shaming? And what kind of guidelines should we give our kids about that?
1: Well, three of the top tips that I give kids when I speak is, number one, and, and adults too, by the way, because this, this goes across the board. One thing about Shame Nation, what, what I covered is, it's for adults, it's for young people, and it's, and it's for teenagers. So it covers all ages, because all ages are struggling with online harassment and online shaming.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Number one, be mindful of what you post and what you share. You know, it, it may be something that's going to give you 15 minutes of gratification or 15 minutes of humor, but it might be a lifetime of humiliation. Mm. So right as if the world is watching, because at the end of the day, they are. Mm. You have to remember things like the, the, Sony, the Sony email leaks. You have to think of Ashley Madison leaks. You have to think of the Demo- Democratic Party Wiki leaks. What goes online stays online. There is no, no rewind. The other thing is, everyone out there, we need to learn patience in our life. Everyone is so quick to post. Never post in haste. You have to think about this. Never put a temporary emotion on the permanent Internet, especially if you're angry or in a heated oh, debate. Interesting. Pause. You know, a lot of people think, think before you post. I say pause because pause allows you to check in with yourself. Stop. Stop before you put that, you know, uh angry emoji out there Uh, and those emojis you have to remember what some people consider cruel could i mean i'm sorry what some people consider clever could be cruel to others Mm -hmm. everybody misconstrues those emojis so learn patience and then really most importantly never assume you're among friends online Mm. a lot of especially kids out there go for quantity over quality. Make it a habit at least once a month to declutter your friends your friends list, whether it's on your cell phone, take those contacts out uh, and your friend declutter them, and on especially on Facebook. You know, Facebook has this great feature, it's called the list, you know, create different lists of your friends, your friends and family, your cyber friends and your cyber acquaintances. This way, if you wanna post a private photo of just your friends and family, Just post it out there to your friends and family or a certain comment because this way you don't risk a cyber acquaintance, you know, lifting it, pasting it someplace else. I mean, we look at what happened to Justine Seiko. We look at what happened to Lindsay Stone, Caitlin Walls. Caitlin Walls, by the way, for those of you listening, was a young girl that posted about herself getting a new job at a daycare center. And and she was in her young 20s. And the story is in my book. And she posted something like, oh, I finally got a job. I really don't like kids, but at least it's a job. It was, I'm paraphrasing here. Yes, right. She had somebody on there that really wasn't a good friend. It was a cyber friend that picked up that post and posted it on a yard sale Facebook message board who saw it, reported it to the daycare center. She never did get that job. Not only did she get fired before she even started, she was humiliated all over the news in her local town shamed i should say and you know what it took her a hard time to get a job after that so again declutter your friends list so they're pretty much three three pretty easy tips just be mindful of what you share learn patience and declutter your friends and remember you are who you hang with so you want to really look at your friends lists mm. it's- Quality over quantity.
0: Yeah, I I like that. I like all that, especially what you're saying about never assume you're among friends because you don't know what other people's ulterior motives are, and and you may not really know their their character, especially if you only know them in glimpses and on online. You know, don't actually know them heart to heart, connection to connection in real life. So, I, I think that's an important thing to to ask. Um, you know, we're we're really all about conversations here, and I, I you know, we want to know what to say to kids when they're in different situations. Um, and I know that we want to make sure that we're not scaring the bejesus out of kids, because you know, the internet provides wonderful resources, and we want them to be able to use it for education and purposes, and and connecting across the world, but. Let's say we're giving our kid a smartphone or access to a computer. How do we ensure that they're using it properly? What What are some things that we know we need to say to them, whether we're an educator or a parent, to ensure that we're not putting them in a situation where they may shame somebody mistakenly because maybe they didn't think too much or they're on the receiving end of shame?
1: Well, the number one thing that you need to do is you have to lead by example. That's the first thing every parent, every educator, every adult needs to understand, every caretaker. If you're giving, before your child has that keypad or has any access to the internet, you better make darn sure that everything you're doing online is responsible and respectable because their eyes are watching you. That's the first thing. Number one, number two is, Always, when your child is given a, some type of technical use, it's the password issue. You always have to make sure that you, they understand that the password is never to be given out to, even if it's their best friend in the whole wide world. Because what happens is a lot of these young kids will give their very best friends their passwords. Mm-hmm. Within moments, the, the best friend will gang access when they get in a fight and they start posting on that person's social media page and shaming starts happening you know they start cyberbullying them or whatever so you talk about password protection the most important thing is about empathy and kindness It's you know what from generations before right here till today that old cliche of if you don't have anything nice to say you don't say it at all when in doubt you always click out and this is something we have to teach our kids when before you give them a keypad, and this, all your conversations, you know, when you give them a keypad should be happening even before you give them that keypad because with a keypad comes responsibility. It's all about kindness because everything they put out there has to go around being kind to people, being nice to people. And it's okay to have a debate if you don't agree with someone, but they have to learn how to disagree constructively, not combatively. The other thing you have to understand is Even when you like a post, and this is for college kids and teen kids too, likes are considered endorsements. Hate perpetrates hate. So if there's a mean meme out there, and and this is something you tell your young kids, even if you think it's funny, Mm -hmm. if it's a joke, if it's cruel to somebody... And you just click well, I just liked it. I didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. well, like is considered an endorsement, and these are little things that people for parents or, or even teachers forget to tell these kids because they think, well, I only liked it mm-hmm. well, only liking it is endorsing it so these are little things that people forget about to, to share with their kids every every move you make on the internet is your way of saying this is my character mm. it's reflection of who you are offline and that's the way there's now a blurred line between offline and online people don't have that distinction and it's like what happened to me back in 2003 and when i won the big i did win the big lawsuit in 2006 for internet defamation people don't take the time today whether it's colleges or whether it's businesses or customers or clients to determine internet fact from internet fiction if somebody's going to go out there and slime you and say that you are the biggest bully, that you are constantly teasing and mocking, you know, uh, like the ugly kids in school or the heavy kids in school, that college is not going to want you representing them. Sure. So it's very important that you represent yourself as an upstander, parents, teachers, You have to continue teaching the kids how to be upstanders, not to hate, to perpetrate hate out there, not to endorse hate, not to forward it. As a matter of fact, if you see someone that's struggling online, but you don't want to say something, private message that person. Say, hey, listen, I got your back. You want to talk? Mm -hmm. I mean, private message the person because I know a lot of times it's hard for kids to come out. They don't want the other kids to start mocking on top of them. So private message that person.
0: That's a great idea. Now, I, I feel like since we're talking so much about how to ensure that our children aren't shaming others or promoting the shame that is heaped on others, what is the message we need to give our kids if they get a, uh, a post, a message or something that is about them and it's shaming. What is the, the, the moment one thing to do? And then how do they proceed? Because I could imagine that when you see something online that's shaming to you, you may want to fire back. You want to defend yourself. You want to make sure people know this is not true. Then you get into he said and she said. So this probably isn't constructive. So as somebody who's really been there, done that, and written about it, What would you suggest parents and educators say to kids if they're receiving something or see something that's really a a shaming of themselves? Number one is shaming
1: does not define you. They have to understand it's not their fault and it does not define you. Number, Number one, that's number one or number two. I don't care what direction they go in, but they have to tell an adult or a friend. I have to tell you, even when I went through this over a decade ago, I kept it to myself in the beginning, and it's almost the worst thing you can do because emotionally it tears you apart. The, per- the child, the student needs to tell someone, and you, whoever that person is, the, the adult, the teacher, um, the coach – you have to assure that child it's not their fault and shame does not define you. Number, number two or three, however you want to label this, because they all sort of encompass themselves. It's okay to be angry. We're all allowed to be angry. I mean, I think a lot of people out there say, Oh, don't be mad. Don't worry about it. Let it roll off mm, your back. Sure. It's not that simple. It's okay to be mad. You know, what? I'm hurting. I'm mad because I was really angry and I was really mad about that back then, but I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't be mad. It's only words. You know what? These words hurt, but again, they don't define you. You can move on with them and they may stay with you, but they don't define you. And this is what we really need to stress to these kids
0: Right now if if you see something online that says something negative about you and you're a teenager or or an adult do you do some kind of screen capture do you um do, do you try to uh, erase it do you say something do you address it do you private message the person who wrote it like what is it that you would do in that case to make sure that it doesn't start going along the course that you yours took where it kind of became a roller coaster or a runaway train and you couldn't catch it so what right. what what do you do yeah
1: a decade ago we didn't we didn't have all the information that we have today well the first thing you want to do is number 1 don't retaliate okay. never engage never retaliate and after that is Because we always heard, everyone always just say, stop, block, tell, stop, block, tell, Mm -hmm. stop. I remember that. But don't block immediately because once you block, a lot of times you you block all the information. So it's stop, but then document. Screenshot and document everything. And then report and flag the abuse to the platform. So this is why I I was always sort of against the blocking because once you block everything, you can't see it a lot of times. Mm. So then after you report the abuse and you flag it to the platform, then you can go ahead and block the offenders. And, of course, do not retaliate. The other thing I've often um, share a lot of times your friends and family want to get in there and they want to combat it and they want to engage. Tell your family, friends and family if they want to help, they can monitor it for you if more stuff comes out, coming out. This way you don't have to keep going back there to it and start keep getting emotionally torn down. And ask them to just document it and screenshot it for you, but please don't engage with it. And then most importantly, contact your contact your school or report it to the authorities if necessary, especially if it's like extortion or something.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. na- so now it's, it's not stop, block, and tell, it's stop, Doc and yeah, block.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's great. That. Yes. That, that, you can brand that one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. It'll be in my book.
1: <laughs> I, 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 always, I always took issue with that because I've tried. Once you block, you know how sometimes it's like you can't get back in there to document it and mm. screenshot it anymore. Right. You know, for adults out there, again, because my book does does cover all ages, Adults, I'll, I will tell you, on some social platforms, you can go into the terms of service or code of conduct and see where the, the offender is, is um, violating their cones of con- codes oh, of conduct, sure. it's, you know, um, harassment or hate mm-hmm. speech, and write to the platform and say, hey, very nicely, very diplomatically, and say, hey, this comment is violating your terms of service in accordance to A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. And you'll find many a times the platform will remove
0: that comment. So mm-hmm. that's oh, this a- is a great resource because you sound so—you know—you sound calm and diplomatic, and you, you've informed yourself. And and obviously, if you're quoting their own guidelines, they have to abide by them. I, I used that many, many times.
1: Trust me, I've did it a lot, and and almost I would say eight out of ten platforms would remove the abusive com- comment. mm
0: mm-hmm. Absolutely. And- you know, I, I I would imagine that. People think that they're talking to the wind, you know, when they're when they're complaining about something or when they're talking to, you know, an entity that's, you know, they don't see this online entity. Oh, this person's violating. But what you're saying is that they do often get back to you and they do often address the issue to be honest with you, they don't always get back to you.
1: They just remove it. Mm-hmm. It'll just be gone. And, and it will. I mean, and you know, even today as we're watching Instagram, you know, implementing the filters, you know, for hate speech words, um, we're watching, uh, you, you even see Facebook that has now these bullying uh, platforms that teach you to report bullies. I, I've seen them. I have to tell you on my Facebook page, not my personal one, but my uh, business one, I've reported People there that have come to troll me or whatever, Mm -hmm. they've removed them. So, I mean, they've even become more proactive. So, I think social platforms are, you know, starting to be more, taking a a more active role in removing some of these harassers, which I like that. And we know Twitter is trying. They have the mute and block uh, feature. So, all of them are, I think, are trying. You have to, there's that gray area with free speech, you know, Mm -hmm. but. They are trying.
0: Yeah. You know, we talked a little bit in the beginning of the podcast about online reputation. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want to just get into that just a bit more, considering what we've seen among young teens and and how it's become so tragic, what's happened to them when they internalize the shame. Um, And, you know, we know that. We talked when you talked about online uh, shaming and then reputation among college and jobs, and you know, that the people are seeking out information from your online persona. But what I find really interesting, and I'd love you to comment on, is that online reputation can certainly skew how other people see you. But in my perspective, it also can curb how you see yourself. And your online reputation can then really be a a tragic influence on how teens see themselves. And I wonder if you could speak on that a little bit as somebody who experienced it. Do you feel like you're able to simply put it aside and say, that's not me? Or you know, do you just start to believe it, or is that some of the problem that we find with teens today?
1: Well, this is the the emotional part of it, and and what's happening is it tears down the mental health. That's where the mental health part of it comes in. Uh, to your, to what you're saying, there is two sides to reputation management when you're talking about this. Now, you have teens out there that are really struggling with some of them out there that use all the Photoshop, and they're trying to keep up with the fake Personas. There was just an article out there. Was it yesterday or the day before uh, about where teens are would rather just go off social media altogether mm-hmm. because they're really tired of competing yes. with each other. Mm-hmm. And that is meant. It really is mentally draining. You, as a doctor or psychologist, can probably speak to that better than I can myself. I get it. It, it is. It is draining. It's mentally exhausting. But let me just share a flip side to all this. As far as online reputation, there's organizations out there like Social Assurity, which if you've never had a podcast with him, you should bring him on, Alan Katzman, mm. and he talks to high schoolers about building up their online reputation, how to, you know, become like an influencer online. That's great, yes. A, not, not a humble bragger, by the way. But let's hypothetically say you're into horses and you're out there and you're at horse shows and this is what you've won this weekend. It's it's how to showcase yourself per se to colleges. Or to employers, and maybe your community service—what you're doing out there in the um, in your in your own yes. local community. Right. That's what these teens need to look at—not mm. about showing off, but showcasing mm. that's the difference. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, and that's I just love we, that. Yes. That's what we as adults need to do in our own in our own businesses. Like I myself. I'm a Rotarian so I'm constantly out there you know doing things it's service above self doing stuff in our community for others you know and that's what I always promote on my different types of social media platforms teams have to do the same thing they have to try to step away from this pretense so to speak of trying to keep up with the other teams and focus more about what they have to offer for their future Mm-hmm. And I think it's basically like exactly what Alan Katzman is doing in Social Assurity. It's something you should look into, Rob, I'm—I bet you your audience would love. We interviewed him in our book too.
0: Oh, excellent! Thank you for the, re- you. the recommendation. I think people would yeah. love it. Yeah, yeah. I think I—I I, I seem to remember. I, I feel like it was like Amy Morin who I interviewed who talked about how Kids sometimes would just like to get rid of their phones altogether because it's, it can be very tough you know this online persona and um, And it, it really can wear away at mental strength. So um, I, I hear what you're saying And I love the idea and I love that tip. I want to showcase that and, and underscore that that building up your reputation and showcasing who you really are, your character, your interests, where you're going with your life, your goals. What a great way to it's your
1: hobbies. And, you know, the other thing, like we say, little things just says, I just read this book and here's my review. Your book reviews. Oh, nice. Your, your, your movie reviews. You know, that you're culturally rounded. You're, you know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, that's that's what schools want to see, too. Start your own. What I tell parents, not only parents, but when I go speak is, it's not only about your website. You have to have a blog within your website. Right. Because that's an extension of your brand. That's yes. an extension of your Business card so to speak and that stays
0: active Mm -hmm. and that's putting all this stuff right because you want when people are looking for information about you you want the your online persona to speak volumes about you in the most genuine and positive sense humanizing yourself that's what we call it humanizing yourself
1: and let me just tell you something else the more you do this kind of positive information about yourself if you are to get slimed or shamed online you have so much of this great information about yourself that when people see this little cyber bullet so to speak they're gonna say well you know what not everyone's going to love us it's okay that this one or two mm-hmm. one or two people came out here and, and didn't like her because every again I'm not you're not going to be in business 15 25 years and not have one or two people not like you right because You've already spent, and this is why teens need to start early. This is why you and I start. I mean, Mm -hmm. you start building your your platform early so that you're prepared that if someone does come after you, you've got all this fluff. Mm -hmm. People are more likely not to believe it and or say, yeah, it's okay because not everyone's going to love Robin. Not everyone's going to love Sue. That's just life.
0: That is for sure. And I've also found in the beautiful community that surrounds us that many people will come and say, What in the world are you talking about? You know, they're the one I don't have to say anything. I mean these beautiful people, you know, coming and answering a comment when somebody is is saying things in a mean way. And usually that person who has sort of said something in a mean way because of the way that people have you know, commented on their comment. They've actually said, you know what? I think I said that in in not the best way that I could have. Uh, you know, they're not getting they're not getting killed for their comment, but. It's actually being illuminated that the way that they put something could actually feel a little shaming, or may make other but people feel like they're not open to what other people are saying. So I, I I like that as well. That when you can form the community, you might not even be the one who has to you know say anything in that manner.
1: Right, right, uncomfortable. Yes,
0: yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. So what steps would you say we could take as parents and educators to really triumph in this particular area of online shaming? What should we do right now?
1: Immediately right now, check in with ourselves. Mm -hmm. How are we portraying ourselves online? Because, believe it or not, our kids are watching us. So many people don't, so many parents, teachers, educators, They're not understanding the fact, especially during uh, this political time, Mm -hmm. you know, political election, our kids were watching how we were reacting. So we have to be conscious of how we, what our comments are saying to other people. The other thing you have to remember, too, even if you're just speaking in your kitchen, in your dining room, the kids are listening. It goes in their ears and out on their screens. So you have to be careful of that.
0: Yes. Well, wow, what an v- interesting way of putting it. In their ears and out onto their screens. Absolutely.
1: So, I mean, that's one of the, the biggest things. Yeah, yeah. The other thing is you can't expect your, your, your kids to turn off their screens if you're not turning off your screens. And one of the, the biggest times when shaming happens or when your child is going to send off a, an unflattering, because, you know, again... First of all, everyone has this assumption that trolls or mean people are little, you know, these little old people that sit behind a computer that have nothing better to do but shoot, or like narcissistic or psychopaths that Mm -hmm. sit behind a keyboard. Mm -hmm. That's not true. You know, studies now show, Stanford University studies show that any one of us can wake up on any given day having a bad day under the right circumstances and just, you know, send, send off a mean tweet or send off a cruel comment. And kids are no different. And kids will pile on, it's been shown, shown over and over again, pile on mean tweets. And when they're tired at night or whatever, kids are connected 24-7. We've seen this, nine hours a day. Parents, again, need to lead by example. Start shutting down and make sure that the kids are shutting down with them. Hmm. But again, it's all about leading by example.
0: Would you say that's your top tip? Is that your no, top takeaway?
1: Well, the one more is, is all about the civility. It's all about empathy. And I think yes. you're, you're, a big, you're a big proponent of this too. It's, this shaming is a human disaster. It was created by humans. It's the human behavior. So it's got to start with us. It's got to start at home to start building this kindness back, cultivating empathy back at home, and then it'll bleed back into our online life. So I really think, yeah, it all starts with us.
0: Yes, and and our our audience members know, and as you and I both know, Michelle Borba has talked extensively about empathy and has been on our show, um, and how important it is to start early, it's never too late to start, to help kids gain some perspective, put themselves in somebody else's shoes, and think we, not me. How can we make a difference in this area? How can we make sure that we're not being a negative influence in life? I I tell my kids all the time, you know, on the darkest of days, be the the sunshine, be the light, because a lot of people, they've had enough rain in their lives. Right. And this is what we have, but it starts
1: at home, you know, Mm -hmm. empathy, cultivating the empathy, just like what Michelle teaches, that to me, or speaks about is like the utmost importance. Because without yeah. civility online, we're nothing. Right. And it does. It starts with with kindness.
0: Yes, beautiful. And, and
1: in, in the book, um, Patrick Ambron reminds us, anyone can say anything about anyone online anonymously. And there's really nothing you can do about it. And that's really true. And this is why it's so important that we, we help our kids to understand that even though there's a screen in between us, we have to understand that our keystrokes are powerful, mm-hmm. and they can send out either kindness or they can send out cruelty, and it's up to us. That's the power we have in a keypad, mm-hmm. and we have to use it responsibly and respectfully, and so do the adults and the teachers and the coaches, and we have to lead by, leading by example is like the number one tip.
0: Yes. Yes. Yes, I think so. Leading by example, so that our kids know what it means to be uh, an online community member, and making sure they're doing the right thing. Well, tell us what the resource of the week is, and where can people get your fabulous book?
1: Uh, the book is available in on all online stores from Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, Indie Books. It's also at Blackstone Audio. There's it's available in audio. Um, uh, where else? That's it. I mean, it's, it's also and in the bookstores too. It's on it's like on the end the end caps of
0: Barnes and Noble. So excellent, and it's called Shame Nation. And oh, and who was your uh, who was the person who wrote your forward? We didn't even oh, talk about that. Love this. Yes, I love this. It was Monica Lewinsky
1: wrote the forward. Um, and it's a big question I get all the time: is is how how did you get Monica Lewinsky to write your foreword? Back in twenty fifteen, when I saw her TED Talk, "Price of Shame," which was so good, the, so good, so wasn't good. it? So good. So Everybody good. needs to watch that TED Talk if they haven't watched that TED Talk. Um, I realized that you know what I need to have her write this foreword, and I contacted her, and she said, "Send me the manuscript." And once she read the manuscript, she she just really loved it, and she loved it so much. She wanted to be more up, more part of the book. So she not only wrote the foreword; she's also in chapter seven. If anyone, once you get the book, shamenationbook.com, you can order it on there. They have all the different bookstores on there. Um, you'll see she's also in chapter seven, and that's and it went from there. Mm. And um, she's a huge advocate for uh, anti-bullying, and uh, she's a wonderful, nice, kind person. You know, mm-hmm. Civility online. Yeah, that's how it happened.
0: So interesting and I certainly would encourage people to see her TED talk because She puts online shaming in such a personal perspective and and you know a lot of people rem- obviously remember Monica Lewinsky in one very distinct way um, And this TED talk humanizes her and your book continues yeah to humanize her and it makes it so you can really put a face to this particular problem and understand how the runaway train could really get right off the track
1: right yeah it is it is I want to say it's like almost the irony of the whole thing because so many people know her from one story yes and I don't think people know like the real Monica Lewinsky. And I, to me, this is the real Monica Lewinsky. I mean, she's just a champion to people. I mean, she's part of like the Tyler Clemente and um, the Be Strong and, and so many other organizations out there. And she's an international speaker too for for cyberbullying.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm really looking forward to getting that information in other people's hands. So everybody, please take a look at Shame Nation and look at that TED Talk, and let's uh, let's get this conversation started. Sue Chef, I just want to thank you for joining us today. You've provided us with such important and really interesting information. I really loved so many things that you said about how your behavior online can help define your character. That we revised the uh, stop block and tell to stop doc and then block. Uh, <laughs> you did that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and well, you inspired me. And uh, you know, and and that we need to teach kids not just how to deal with online shaming, but how to showcase the positive side of themselves um, so that they are building up an online reputation that they truly be proud of. So thank you so much for being on our show today. Oh, thank you for
1: having me. I really appreciate it. I love your podcast.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Well... Everybody, I've got my takeaways, and sweet friends, I know you have yours. Let's discuss them. There's so much to discuss here. You can come up on Facebook. We can go to Dr. Robin Silverman' page, or we can ch- talk about it on drrobinsilverman.com. We are going to be having great conversations on twitter.com/drrobin. Um, Sue is on there with us, and it's going to be really exciting conversations. And if you've loved this podcast, like I did, and I know so many of you have told me how all these different experts have helped you have great conversations. I hope you'll go up to iTunes and rate and review it so that other people can learn about these incredible resources, these tips, these scripts that these amazing experts have provided to us in such a personal way and such a kind way so that we can use them in our own homes and help our kids. I truly appreciate it. That's all the time we have for today. My fellow parents, leaders, and educators, thank you so much for tuning in to How to Talk to Kids About Anything. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit DrRobinSilverman.com. So many great podcasts and show notes up there too. I look forward to weathering the storms and enjoying the sunny side of life together. And please remember, even on the days where you fall short, you've got this. I know some of you are thinking, I haven't had these conversations yet, or I gave my child an iPad or an iPhone, and I haven't had these conversations. Don't worry so much about what you didn't do. Parenting is the ultimate do-over. You can start today. I'm right there with you. We make all kinds of mistakes together. And as there's there's moments when we all doubt our know-how, our choices, and our sweet sanity, Please know you're 10 times the parent you think you are. Until next time, this is Dr. Robin Silverman with How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Please tune in again and keep connecting through conversation. See you next week. You've been listening to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com.